It's December 18, 2019. Welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we have Sandy Park from the Hawaii Technology Development Corporation here to tell us about the upcoming holiday tech job fair. And then uh, we'll be joined by James Pakele, Brandon Makaava'ava, and John Garcia to tell us about community networks and the Internet and enabling a community to innovate. And, of course, now I'm happy to welcome Sandy Park to Bite Mars Cafe. She's, of course, from HTDC. And the annual Holiday Tech and Manufacturing Fair is an annual event. It's coming up very soon. Sandy, welcome to Bite Mars Cafe. Aloha, Bert. Long time no see. Now, how many? That's right. Oh, I never see you for, like, at least a couple hours. Yeah. <laughs> so the tech fair has been going on for how many years? This is the 20th. 20th. Wow. Mm-hmm. I was only like 12 years old when <laughs> that thing started. So this year, I mean, it's a, you know, it's an annual event. I think it's well-timed because it's it happens like right at the end of the year, and it's really geared for some of the folks that might be coming home for holiday, and maybe they can get a chance to check out some of the companies that are hiring. We do it every year around this time where Kama'aina come home to visit with family over the holidays. Mm-hmm. Kids are coming out, coming back home from college break. And also, you know, we also want to target the local talent here in Hawaii where there are some of the kids are on college break here from the university as well as families just taking off. But it's to show these Kama'ainas what the tech industry and the manufacturing industry are looking at and what they're doing and showcasing the good things that that's being done here. And how has the um, the tech fair sort of uh, evolved over the years? We've added several features for our attendees, including free resume evaluations, mm-hmm. as well as professional headshots to add to their LinkedIn page. And of course, the resume evaluations are done by HR professionals. Mm-hmm. So that's a very big benefit for our attendees. And, you know, I know that a lot of uh, students that are, let's say, maybe they're in their junior or senior year in college, oftentimes come home for uh, holidays, and, and this is a perfect way to kind of get their resume circulated as well. Resumes, sure, of course, but also to look at internships. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you are a junior or senior in college, um, internships are very important to help you get into the workforce, whether it's to learn about your industry or to learn about if this is the right fit for me. And a lot of the companies here in Hawaii, they're also looking for interns. So it's a great per- great time. Yeah, and I understand that inter- internships with a lot of the companies, I mean, they're really looking at, at helping to build that pipeline of students into the workforce, and interns are a great way to do that. Now, some of the companies are... Uh, steady sort of standard bears for the tech fair. Uh, maybe mention a couple of those, and who are some of the new people that are showing up? Of course, we have our um, returnees like Oceanet, mm-hmm. Navatech, Makai Ocean Engineering, Decision Research, um, Referentia, Revacom. So they're, doing, they're all doing great work in IT, uh, STEM. So they have a lot of internships as well. And there so, are are there some of the uh, some of the newer companies as well? I know I know like uh, 
Um, Nalu Scientific is is also attending. I mean, they're a uh, startup, but they're doing quite well, and they're hiring hiring people. Yeah, Nalu Scientific is a company out of the University of Hawaii. They are SBIR winners, so mm-hmm. they've won federal grants, and we provide through HDC the matching SBIR matching grant fund. But they are hiring. They hired, I think, at least two or three University of Hawaii grads, brought one guy back from the mainland. So they are a great example of what the fair can do for a company. Great. So uh, any others that you want to mention? We also have um, some of our sponsors, which is Kamimia Schools, mm-hmm. Revacom, Nala Scientific is also a sponsor. Um, and I think we also have, um, I think that's uh, one or two more we have on the pipe, and I can't remember their name, sorry. Oh, that's but okay. we, wanna, we do appreciate all of our sponsors. So why don't you give me the details as to where and when this event is taking place? It takes place on Friday, December 27th, 5 to 8 p.m. at the Japanese Cultural Center Manoa Grand Ballroom. So please join us. And if you're an exhibitor, you're looking to hire or looking for interns, please let me know or go to our website. And this is a free event. It's a free event for our attendees. Attendees. Yes. But there is a a small fee for someone that wants to do a table. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And where can they go to actually sign up? Our website, www.htdc.org. Well, very good. Sandy, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Merry Christmas. Thank you. And, of course, uh, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by James Bekele, Brandon Makaava'ava, and John Garcia to talk about community networks and as an enabler for innovation. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Pacific Database, Chaminade University, and Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. One of the staffers asked me if I would consider giving a monthly donation, and I realized that I would be able to give more to the station with a smaller payment over a longer period of time than I would be able to with one large one. And I thought, this is great. I don't have to go into debt. I don't have to pay off a charge card or whatever. And it's affordable and it's easy, so why not? I'm Carrie Taggart, and I'm proud to be a sustaining member of Hawaii Public Radio. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe, and I'm glad to welcome James Bakele, Brandon Makaava'ava, and John Garcia. James is part of Dynamic Community Solutions and an organizer over at Puhonua O Waianae. And Brandon is the Deputy Head of State over at the Nation of Hawaii, and of course, John, and an old friend of uh, Bite Marks Cafe. He is a serial entrepreneur along with Brandon Supports, Puuhonua O Waimanalo. I want to welcome you guys all to Bite Mart Cafe. Aloha, Bert. Mahalo Aloha, for having Bert. us. Mahalo. So uh, I, first off, um, of course, I want to welcome John back because, you know, I've Thank had you. John on for, I don't know, maybe back when you did the Greenhouse and right. we were doing all kinds of civic tech, you know, during those days. And I remember uh, doing something called uh, Geeks on the Bus. Exactly. And you were very much uh, a whole part of that community. So, um, But let me start with with Brandon and and talk a little bit about what exactly is a community network. Well, community network is, uh, um, for us, it's a broadband network that is built by the community and it services that community. So it's it's built, managed, um, serviced, and everything – 
you know, to support uh, the network is for the community there. Mm-hmm. And and uh, how did how did this community network sort of uh, uh, get started up? I mean, what was the genesis of the idea? Well, I think uh, the genesis was um, the Internet Society. Uh, they came here uh, back in November, and they had an Indigenous Connectivity Summit where um, they talked about, you know, community networks. They talked about the Internet, and they talked about how the Internet is... Um, you know, human right. And uh, they had a conference in Hilo for two days. And then two days after that, we had a workshop where we actually built a community network in Pu'ono Waimanalo, our community. Um, and they brought in experts. And um, they just kind of helped guide us along the way on how to build the network and how to manage the network. And so for you know, roughly a month, we've been managing our own community broadband network. You know that uh, I I did meet the Internet Society uh, in 2018, right. and I had an opportunity to go up to Inuvik, which is like a small town just uh, right within the Arctic Circle, and they were talking a lot about community networks up there, but they didn't actually implement one. And right. and when they had expressed an an idea of actually doing the Indigenous Connectivity Summit here in Hawaii, you know, they wanted to actually do a workshop to build a community network. So I thought, wow, that's great. I mean, of course, then they asked me, so where, where can we do this? <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm glad we got to do it at the Puhonua or Waimanalo. And then, and uh, James, I mean, you know, why and I, I mean, you guys are kind of getting, getting started and getting kind of ramped up uh, in terms of your uh, community. Maybe tell me a little bit about, tell me a little bit about your community. Uh, our community is about 200 people. Now, currently houseless encampment that we're mm-hmm. trying to uh, relocate to a new piece of property that we're planning to buy and build houses for. So there'll no longer be a houseless community, but rather just a community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and uh, uh, well, let me let me go back to Brandon. I mean, you have a, a similar community, but that community has been in the location that it's been for the better part of like the last 25 years. Right. So for the very beginning of our community actually started, um, it was started by Bumpy Kanahele and, and uh, similar to what James was talking about, houseless Hawaiians. That mm-hmm. After 1993, um, when America apologized for the overthrow of the Hawaiian kingdom, um, Bumpy Kanahele actually went down to Makapu Beach Park, and he organized the houses community there and taught them about their rights. And they began a 15-month-long occupation of Makapu Beach. And at the end of that occupation, um, he and uh, Governor Wahe at the time came to an agreement that they would actually leave the the beach. And actually, um, they were given uh, ceded lands, which were actually admitted to being stolen in the apology bill. They gave that to our community, uh, 55 acres in the back roads of Waimanalo. So for the last 25 years, we've been operating as an independent community, totally self-sufficient, totally, you know, we've built everything ourselves, the roads, the houses, even the infrastructure there, the the electric, the water. And so our community is kind of used to solving our own issues. So mm-hmm. if we have a problem, we, we find solutions in, in whatever way, whether we 
you know, we, we utilize donations or we utilize support from other organizations that are willing to help and stuff. So a lot of our building has been through relationships with people and organizations and Internet Society is just the latest one. And, John, you know, you've uh, been very instrumental in providing some of the, the, the technical resource mm-hmm. to make sure that this community network wasn't something that was just dropped off and all of a sudden, you know, somehow magically people have to now kind of support it and maintain it. So mm-hmm. when, you know, and you, you part, uh, participated in the uh, Indigenous Connectivity Summit, and what was really kind of interesting about it was how Native Americans need to think about their land and their resources and how they need to be self-sufficient and self-reliant. Mm-hmm. And so how did you perhaps think of that when it applied to Pu'ohonua or Waimanalo? Sure. Well, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to bring my expertise and experience in the tech world to, to help to see that this network it continues to maintain and also to, to start to craft some of the governance of, of how a community network like this evolves and, uh, and empowers its people, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so understanding what some other, uh, some other tribes and First Nations are doing as well, we're able to get inspiration and apply that to a totally new model uh, that's for our people uh, on, in our village. And, you know, one of the things that I, I, I want to make uh, kind of clear is that when we talk about a community network, it's, it's like an independent ISP or Internet Service Provider. And right. remember the days when the Internet was, was first starting off and you had dial-up and everybody could become their own ISP because they could get a, you know, a bank of, uh, of phone lines and, and modems and pretty soon you can offer Internet service. Mm-hmm. But those days have long gone because some of the major players, corporate players, mm-hmm. have been... Uh, pretty much dominating the internet service space. Right. So when a community network now is enabling a community, basically you're like your own ISP. Right. So the barrier of entry f- to actually manage subscribers and to actually turn this into a profitable business has come down a lot with with just better software, um, more cost effective equipment. You know, our our network is 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 fairly straightforward as far as how it's installed and and that enables us to really to manage it easier between our cell towers and between the actual equipment that's at each hale. Now, I know that you have a pretty good uh, uh, technical uh, skill in terms of all the work that you've previously Mm -hmm. done, but when when now coming into a community network and looking at how you have to connect actual uh, homes up, right. you have to start to think of them as, as sort of like your customers, right? Sure. And then you have to have processes by which you now sign them up and, mm-hmm. and, and um, basically uh, turn on their service. Right. It's about access, you know, and, and, and how, can we, um, how can we give the access to the people, but then also teach them to expand that and inspire them, right? So it's about people and it's about, it's about uh, inspiring, you know, mm-hmm. so... Now, now, James, in terms of uh, uh, the community in, in um, Waianae, I know that it's still at its fairly early stages, right? Yep. But as you start to talk to your community about you know, this opportunity to, to move in, how do, you, how do you start to frame up you know, the, the kinds of um, perhaps opportunities they might have? It's not just being in a dwelling, right? You have some ideas on what this space could actually enable them to do. <clears throat> right. Um, you know, having this kind of technology, I always believe that technology is a great equalizer. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can have 
uh, you know, like small time people appear to be, you know, larger. Um, we've been able to, you know, to like our the things that we've been able to do in laptops and cell phones and things like that. We've been able to, you know, like access information from around the world. And, you know, it kind of really equalizes the, the access and opportunities each individual has. And so for our community, you know, it could <clears throat> it could be like, um, you know, like how John said, you know, if you turn into your own ISP, right, and then, you know, you're able to offer Internet service to other people, you know, it could bring, uh, it could be like this income generator, um, of sorts for our uh, for our community, and you know any money that comes into our community then brings down the cost of living, which is you know the point of what we're doing in the first place. You know, mm-hmm, trying mm-hmm. to bring down the cost of living um, for each individual so that you know they can afford to get by on whatever you know uh, meager income they have. So so you know the fact that there's a a. Uh, a future of a land parcel that has some dwellings on it. That's just, it's not just the mere fact that people are now going to occupy uh, uh, dwellings, right? There's more of a uh, community development and economic development sort of framework that you folks are also thinking about. Right. And, you know, how, see how we can use technology and, you know, especially like a community network to, you know, envision going forward and, Imagine things like you know what what would the next classroom be like mm-hmm. you know because I I don't think you with you know this kind of this type of technology and access to the internet and you know virtual reality and things like that do we need to be in a classroom do we all need to get into one space you know can we have qualified teachers um, you know or instructors that may not have to come to the particular space but make it appear like they are mm-hmm. you know through mm-hmm. through internet access and uh, Different technologies. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you know, you bring up some great points, and 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 actually, um, I I do want to kind of talk to uh, Brandon because I mean, you've had some 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 actual time to think about this because having been part of the community for the last you know twenty plus years, uh, this idea of economic development is is I think uh, a natural part of how you see the future of of uh, Puono or Waimanalo. But before we get into that. Want to hold that thought because that was just a teaser. Uh, we'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with James McKelly, Brandon Makaava Ava, and John Garcia about innovation and converting a community of consumers to producers. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Bush Consulting and Island Insurance. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, uh, we're talking to James Bakele, Brandon Makaava and John Garcia about transforming a place of refuge to a place of abundance. And, of course, right before the break, uh, I was... I was uh, teasing Brandon about, you know, and talking to James, I think it's great to not only think of these communities as, as places where people are just, you know, now having a, a dwelling or, or a house to uh, call their, um, you know, call their home uh, as. And, and, and there's more to it in terms of how do you now sustain that community, right? Mm-hmm. What is the activities that, that make this community a community? And and Brandon, you guys have been doing this for a number of years. And in terms of your guys' community, 
it's not just people living there and living independent of, of each other, right? No. So how does this community start to really form and develop ideas of being self-sufficient? Well, you know, because this community was kind of born on sovereignty and independence, um, it's naturally part of the discussion. Anytime we do anything, it, it you know, we're a nation. You know, it's it's um, we're not just a community. So when we think about you know anything that we do, um, we have to think about everybody, not just our community we're dealing with now, which is you know the people that live at Puhonu Waimanalo, but we're thinking about all Hawaiians. And we're thinking about the bigger picture and how our community is actually a blueprint for a lot of other communities that can emerge with our success. So anytime we get an opportunity to create something or to pioneer something like this, this is Hawaii's first community broadband network we're mm -hmm. doing here. And so we we are trying to leverage that into independence you know when when we talk about sovereignty today it's it's you know a lot of people kind of confusing you know it's it's a lot of political stuff and a lot of you know just back and forth um theory for us sovereignty and independence is something that is practiced every day because we have to find where we can build sovereignty in our everyday lives sovereignty is no good to anybody if we still depending on other people to get you know, stuff like our internet, you know, and, and generating income and, and growing food. So uh, along these lines, um, when we built our community broadband network, it was, you know, with all those things in mind to create, you know, a network that, that, that can eventually expand and create revenue streams, but can also empower people and empower our community, you know, create job opportunities and all sorts of things. Like James was saying, with technology today, you know, we have to we have the ability to actually leverage technology and, you know, grow our footprint much larger than our community. Mm -hmm. Now, John, uh, what are some of the things that you see the not only the Internet, but uh, some ideas that that, uh, uh, you know, you and Brandon and Bumpy have been thinking about? I mean, like even sure. even things like cryptocurrency. I mean, there's a lot of different kinds of ways that I think you folks can can actually build capacity, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, at, at Waimanalo. Right. So this is the digital nation rising, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. and this connection really becomes the backbone of, of, of the evolution of what we do from e-commerce to idea incubation to understanding the unique talents in, within our village and empowering them with different tools. Um, we're, we're talking about doing content in a different way. We can live stream in a different way. Um, and this enables us to share the, the blueprint with the rest of the world and, and to also continue to expand our international relations and some of the and share some of the amazing things that we're doing at, at the village. Now, you know, the, the, the typical model that, that we sometimes get so comfortable in, in in terms of our urban living where, you know, we'll go to the supermarket and buy our food or mm -hmm. we'll, you know, we'll go to, uh, you know, whatever Internet provider and, and, and get our, our circuit or our cable TV. You know, how do you see the model changing? Because that mm -hmm. model doesn't necessarily fit for everybody. Sure. So, I mean, you know, for, for on the ground actually working with the citizens of the nation, um, it's interesting to, to see the mindset shift 
Because normally we would be waiting, we would be calling a, a company, a cable man would come out. It's like, okay, well, we're going to wait to fix this or actually we're just going to go up on the building and do it ourselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I've seen, I've seen the mindset shift just in the last month of managing our own network mm-hmm. uh, into you know, becoming online entrepreneurs you know, and, and, and diving into different, different topics that normally, normally they wouldn't, understanding how their router works and, and maybe even pursuing a career in in troubleshooting or in, in right. tech. Right, right. And, yeah. and, and we become self-reliant, right? Like how John was saying, we, we, we can't call somebody, you know, outside to, to help with something that's internal inside our village. We become the, the, the solutions to the problems we deal with. So it's, it goes back to more of that independence mindset of, you know, having the community, the community network be managed and, and all the problems and all that be solved by the community itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and James, I mean, you guys. One of the first things I that I heard the, you know, the um, place will actually start to look at in terms of Puhonua or Waianae uh, would be actually farming, mm-hmm. and trying to be more in in line with uh, producing food. Right. That's. I mean, you know, that's that's, that's one kind of the things basic, that right. Right. That's and that goes to, um, you know, again bringing down the cost of living. You know, if you look at you know what what our bills are every month you usually have your mortgage your car mm-hmm. and food is probably the next one you know it's either food or electricity that's the next one so you know we really we cannot we don't sell cars you know <laughs> but we went after uh, you know like your mortgage or your rent and we can go after your food so we can go out of you know we can go really hard at two out of the top three um you know and we really the first thing we did on this whole journey that we're on was go and talk to uh, brandon and uncle bumpy mm-hmm. because you know they were the guys that you know they did it first and they're the only guys I know on this island that have done it at all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's to take uh, community people and put them, you know, into their own village. And you know, we kind of wanted to learn from them and follow their lead. And you know, we're still doing that today. You know, they they still blazing the trail, and we we're still you know lockstep right behind them, and uh, you know, willing to go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> you know, one of the things that people may you know misconceive or misperceive uh, the the community that you've brought together is that they are unable to learn or unable to or or lazy or not you know not willing to embrace new things you know speak to the community that you work with i mean i know you program you're a tech guy just like john i mean and and how would you see your ability being transferred to let's say the kids in in your community or others that might be willing to embrace this Right. Um, you know, nowadays a lot of, you know, the, the kids and the children, you know, they're super used to, you know, having their, their phones or, you know, their tablets or their laptops and everything. And they do, and John kind of hit on this, you know, um, they're used to watching the YouTube, they're used to watching the things, right? Um, but, you know, how do, how do we turn them into creators and not mm-hmm. just consumers? Mm-hmm. You know, things that, you know, that they can do that they might be able to micro-enterprise out. Because, you know, one thing that we've learned, and we've, again, we've learned it from Brandon, and nobody's coming to save us. You know what I mean? We have to do something. We have to stand up. We have to, you know, formulate this plan and go after this plan and implement everything. Um, and, you know, having control of, you know, your community. It can be community network. It can be community, you know, solar farms. It can be community something. But we have to do it. Otherwise, you know, we're just sitting around and begging and waiting and hoping that somebody else is going to come and save us. Nobody coming to save us. We got to do it. So, right. Brandon, I mean, like, where can we, I mean, where can we see the progress that's happening with, with you guys? Well, a lot of people follow me on social media, on my Facebook. Oh, yeah, you got some great Facebook right, posts. Brandon Makaava, but uh, also we have a website that John 
um, is relaunching for us, and it's a Hawaii da- Nation of Hawaii dot org. Okay, and mm-hmm. and then John, you know, like uh, some of the kids. I mean, are they are they embracing what you're doing? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it, all I'm doing is guiding. You know, it's it's really not so much about innovation. It's about inclusion. It's about access. It's about it's about inspiring someone to take a tool and run with it, and 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 we're seeing these young minds wake up, and and uh, I'm super excited. To no, see it's uh, this is really exciting, and I, you know, for the three of you guys, I'm definitely going to have you guys back on and see how the development of this community network and internet uh, works out with uh, with your guys' community. James Pakele is with Pu'uhonua O Y N I and. Brandon Makaava'ava and John Garcia are with Pu'uhonua Owaimanalo. I want to thank you all for joining us today. Thank you, Bert. Mahalo, Bert. Thank you. Mahalo. And thank you for listening to Bite Mars Cafe. Join us next week when we will do our year-end special, a look back at 2019 and a look forward to 2020. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. Or you can find me on Twitter. I'm at ByteMarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You stay awesome, and we'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. If I could.